0: was definitely the biggest night of my career. People said it was the greatest match in WrestleMania history. And now with Backlash, it'll become the greatest rematch of all time. Three guys believe honestly in their hearts that they're the best. Three of the greatest of all time. All with something to prove. Benoit That he is more than just a one-hit wonder. Shawn Michaels, that he is still the icon. And Triple H, that that World Heavyweight Championship still belongs to me. So now it's time to separate fact from fiction. Once you step into that ring, the only person that you can rely on is yourself. Because only one of us can walk out to the World Heavyweight Championship. John Michaels, Chris Benoit, and Triple H in one ring at the same time. The final encounter for the World Heavyweight Championship. Three men with one goal. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Matt Manus Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host for the night, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I'm joined by, by my best friend, X2Fly, Eric Trembicki, and it's just the two of us.
1: Just the two <laughs> of us.
0: We can't make I. it if we try. <laughs> you and I. So, so uh, no prep, no Joey, no pass. He's out again this week. He should be back next week. So, tonight we're reviewing Backlash 2004. But first, subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, check out our YouTube channel, which has some new content on there, a couple of quarantine bonus episodes, the 2002 WWE Draft, Backlash 2001, and interviews with su- r- the superstars such as Nick Aldis, Zayda Zhang, TJP, Leo Rush, Simon Gotch, and Mike- Mike- Michael Elgin. So before we get started, Eric, is there anything you want to talk about that's going on in the weekly shows? I know uh, it's Lance Archer and Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. At double or nothing, if, if double or nothing is still actually ha- officially happening, happening, and the only thing I want to talk about, really for me personally, I watch Raw, and I know pa- Pat is here, so I know he agreed with me a lot about this too, is how some guys actually benefit from the no crowd, and I watched. Apollo Crews. Wait, how, how
1: does he agree? He doesn't watch the show.
0: <laughs> this was months ago when they first started this. About a month ago, he actually said this. I believe you said something he hasn't about watched Oscar the show in too. Years. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to put over Apollo Cruz with Andrade on Monday night. I thought they had an excellent match, an excellent showing in their one-on-one match for the United States Championship. They played the whole injury angle role in the match. So Apollo is now "quote unquote" being replaced in the Money Money in the Bank ladder match at Money in the Bank. But I just wanted to put that over. I thought a, a no crowd actually benefited him the most because he's actually able to showcase his talent. And we always said he had always had talent. It's just the fact that nobody actually really cared about him. But I thought he had a great showing this week, and I'm upset that he's not going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match because I really thought he had a great showing. And how about any thoughts? I'm not sure if you've been watching Raw or anything. I know you probably have been catching up on Dynamite. Anything that you want to bring up about Raw or Dynamite?
1: Well, I'll be completely honest. I um, started Raw. I actually put it on. I was probably like eight minutes behind, but I um, I started from the beginning. And you get the MVP's lounge, the VIP lounge, and then you get to Zelina and her trio coming out. And I'm getting dinner ready, and I sit at the table, and I look over there, and I'm like, man, like this is like – I'm probably not really going to enjoy this show. Prep called me. I'm talking for a couple minutes. And then I look over at the TV. I'm trying to pay attention to what's going on. And then, okay, they're getting ready for a six-man tag. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to pause this, and I'll catch up on it later. And then, like, 20 minutes go by, and I'm like, I'm not going to miss anything. I'm going to hate myself for wasting two hours. <laughs> So I did honestly. I didn't know that they ended up having a a singles match. Did, mm-hmm. Was that a, a Andrade and um yeah. Apollo yeah did. After and it the was, opening was segment, for the title.
0: Yeah, after the opening segment, the, uh, Apollo was given a U.S. title shot later in the night.
1: Okay, now that was after he smacked him. I'm guessing. Yes, because right, I saw that, and I did like that. I just saw that on like uh, Instagram, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I should go back and watch this to see see what actually happens. Um, I like that they're utilizing Apollo because I figured he might be in the forcing weeks in the future Endeavor list, but I'm happy to do some with him. I mean, the guy's got all the talent in the world, uh, looks a lot better with the, the beard. I, I like the dark beard on him. <laughs> um, I, I'm almost mad here that the match happened and he lost because I, I'd love for him to be the guy to dethrone Andrade. I'm as big of an Andrade fan as the next guy or bigger. And I'm ready for someone to dethrone him of the the U.S. title. Um, he can win it right back, or he can win it back, or you know chase for it. But he's doing nothing with that belt. And you know I'd love to see someone like Apollo get his first accolade.
0: Yeah, I, I really thought Apollo was going to be the guy the way the, the match was going. But they played the whole injury angle with his with his knee. But I was I got excited like we might actually. What switch. happened
1: with the knee? Was he jumped or?
0: Yeah, uh, um, Andrade was working the knee, and there was a spot couple spots where he kind of looked like he tweaked it. Like, they call it the match because of it. Because he mm. came off the top rope, and that's when the match was officially over. But I really thought it was a great match. And I thought Apollo was actually going to come away. Because I told them about this, um, I think, the WrestleMania preview. How WWE, they can get away with doing certain things now since there's no audience. And putting a title on Apollo is actually one of those things they can actually get away with. Because he benefits without any crowd reaction. So, you actually learn how to care for him. At home,
1: I again it's, it's, he's someone that could be maybe forgotten, but I feel like he w- He's someone with, even with a crowd. I feel like I feel like he'd, he'd be good in either way because I feel like there'd be a hell of a pop. You know, the, people always pop when there's a title change, but someone like Apollo, who's almost forgettable, and then you know, there, if you have that diehard fan or that you know longtime NXT fan, him coming away with the title, the crowd's gonna lose it. Hopefully it's something we see in the uh, forecoming weeks. Is his uh, a replacement already announced?
0: No, this going to be a, a second chance, a last chance. I, think, I, believe, I believe it's a battle royal next Monday Night on Raw determined.
1: Oh, I maybe I will watch, I, watch next week.
0: Or a triple threat or something like that. But we'll find out next Monday night. So, back once again, Backlash 2004. And if you've never been with us before, we'll play for you our rated system right now. Ain't no stopping me, no. The Full wing Podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slumber knocker. And if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating on ratings, it will get a show stopper. Alright, thank you Howard. R.I.P. Alright, right, so uh, Backlash 2004. Eric, I'm not sure, were you watching at this time?
1: I, so it's funny. It, this is really funny because you know when you announced the the show, I was like pretty sure I probably wasn't watching at this time, and I must have really been fading out because I either didn't watch or like the only thing and I remember and it could be because different video packages they've replayed the Foley and and stuff. Like I remember that. And I don't remember nothing else. The only other reason I, I recognize the show is because, and I don't know why or when, but within the past year or two, I've watched the show. And I don't know, I don't think I sat down and, like, intentively watched the show, but I remembered the opening segment. I remember the opening match. Um, I remember certain things about the commentary. I remember certain backstage things. Um, but I was looking forward to um, reviewing the show right, right, right after it started because I'm like, you know what, there's going to be some stuff here I don't really have the full context for. There's some surprise stuff to me that I was like, oh, okay, this was already happening. This guy's already here. This guy's still here.
0: (laughs) Well, make sure to bring that up when it does come up. So give me your rating. I'll let you go ahead first. All
1: right. Um, I was kind of all over the place with the rating, but I got to give it just a a plain old slobber knocker. Um, There is a lot of stars in the show uh, one thing I forgot until you, you know the, the show restarting, wow, um, is the that is it's just a straight up Raw show, uh, straight just it's a Raw yep. branded show, and you know you have Chris Benoit who you know just just a month ago we had the um, emotional um, dark side of the ring two part episode, and just seeing how it was and with the fans um such a huge baby face um now how early in the evolution stage is this
0: this is a year in
1: so do they already have the time where all four of them had straps or yeah, that, 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 that,
0: that that was in december
1: okay that was so in december. it had already okay. happened okay so is there any reason why batista doesn't have a match he's not injured right
0: no he's he's one half he's the other half of the tag team champions here with Flair? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so Flair came out with the belt against Benjamin. I guess yeah, I he, that. Yeah,
0: yeah, he had it underneath his robe. Okay, so, so three... All right, all right, all right. Yeah, so, so three okay, guys from Revolution that, of Champions, except for Triple H. Okay, all
1: right, all right. So that makes sense, because I was just going to ask who they lose the belts to. But, I, you know, I remember Flair coming out. Uh, another detail is... Is it just me, or was his, his theme music a little different? Like, I know it doesn't have the opening woo, but, um... Something about the the drums seemed either quiet or it was just different.
0: No, it's uh during this time WWE was funny, so WWE they didn't want to pay for songs that weren't theirs, so a lot of songs they're taken out for the original WWE themes. For example, that theme Ric Flair had was his 1991 theme. Edge at the time had his uh. Uh, never, saliva? never No, Edge had the Rob Zombie theme. Rob but, Zombie's from Okay. But they, but they they took it out and put his original attitude everything. Same thing with Victoria, her themes the same way. So, they didn't they 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 went through a, a phase where they didn't want to pay for music that wasn't theirs on their um DVDs.
1: So, what we're watching back is, is similar to an ECW show. You're not getting under Sandman and that's not what originally played or they're playing it they're playing it the way it originally aired. Is that what you're saying?
0: They're not playing. They're dubbing in the music over it.
1: Okay. Okay. That's All right, they, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's what that's that's what they're doing. Cause cause that, cause I like I'm, I'm a tape mark as you know. So like, Royal Rumble 2002 on tape, it was the 91 theme, and I was like, what the hell is this? Cause I never knew that he had that music in 91. Uh, they would put the music in at the WrestleMania tape. So everybody had their right music. Like I thought, my tape was defected or something. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? What? Why the hell is this? What the, what's this music? But that. But that's why I did it. Okay. I, that's that's why. All right. So for me, I'm gonna give it a high. Salvador. I definitely did enjoy this show. I think 2004 is an underrated year for WWE between that that and 2003 because gr- granted, everybody's left like the big names, but also you get you get in the rise of the young stars that we actually see like Shell and Benjamin. You're gonna see his. Uprised, uh, Randy Orton he becomes a star here in a, in a main man. Triple H, uh, Triple H uh, having fun at this point. Shawn Michaels, Chris Benoit, as you talked about the dark side, of the ring, the two parter. I I didn't get a chance to finish it, but I I didn't know how much the Eddie passing really affected him.
1: Yeah, I've watched it t- two and a half times already. That thing it's such a good episode. Yeah,
0: yeah, because yeah, it was getting. I was like, wow, like I didn't know. I, I had no idea that this, how, how this whole Eddie passing actually affected him, and that was really interesting to watch. Uh, there were some underrated things. I actually found a lot of fun On this show, and um, I'm de- I, I, in my in my notes. I got my stump alo stuff, so I can actually fill you in on what the hell's going on in some of these things. Because, like you said, you weren't sure if you were watching or not. So I'm gonna give it a high high knock I definitely did enjoy this show. So, Backlash 2004 from Edmonton, Alberta, Chris Benoit's hometown, the world champion at the time, kick things off with Shelton Benjamin versus Ric Flair. Uh, Shelton Benjamin's gonna defeat Ric Flair with a flying clothesline off the top rope. Uh, Shelton Benjamin, he had just been drafted to Raw the month, well, early in the month, and the first week he was on the roster. He got a pinfall victory over Triple H. And Two weeks he, in a row. He, one week, the first week he got the pinfall. Then the second week, he got a counter victory over Triple H. See C- Triple H put on a young talent even in two thousand four, so Benjamin got a real big push here. because He would end up eventually becoming the Intercontinental Champion in October at Taboo Tuesday when he beat Chris Jericho. So, what were your thoughts on this match with Shelham Benjamin and Ric Flair?
1: Um,
0: the match was the match was okay. Um,
1: I guess kind of like my my iffy point with it. And again, this is where context. I'm going to need some from you here. Benjamin's fresh off two wins from. Triple H, the number one slash number two contender for the world title. Um, He doesn't win this match against Ric Flair with a finishing move. No. Which I thought was a little weird. Now, also, this is months, if not a year, before he wins the IC title, correct?
0: He wins it in October from Jericho. So about six months.
1: So does Jericho dethrone... Orton, or does he dethrone Edge or someone?
0: So what happened, so Edge would beat Orton at Vengeance in July,
1: mm-hmm. all right?
0: And then Edge, th- and after SummerSlam, they initiated the 30-day defend the title rule. Remember that?
1: <laughs> I remember that from the 90s. I thought it was only a 90s. Yeah, now. so
0: so they so they threw, they threw that rule in on Edge, even though Edge was, Edge would be out for more than 30 days, but he came back pretty quick. So when Edge had to relinquish the title... Christian and Jericho, they would have a ladder match at Unforgiven to determine the Intercontinental Champion. And Taboo Tuesday was in October, and the fans voted. That's when the fans, we got to pick who faces who, and the fans picked Shell and Benjamin, and Shell and Benjamin Uh, would be the one to beat Jericho.
1: Okay. Well, that makes sense. So, yeah, so I guess, like, I watched that, and I didn't like the way it ended because it's – I guess I don't like it because I'm like, that should happen more, but it doesn't make sense. Like Sheldon Benjamin who granted youth is on his side, but he's beating a sixteenth time former world champion and what which also I'm not taking into context at the time while being confused by the match, he's beating one half of the world tag team champions with a clothesline off the top. I mean uh, you know, no no finishing move. It was just kind of like an out of the nowhere ending and I also at the time I'm just watching I'm like he doesn't go anywhere fast after this is is where my head's at I'm like kind of a waste of an opener I just kind of wish it would happen a different way and I, I wish we would see more endings that way but um, I guess it's a, it's a solid opener um, it's a young Sean Benjamin it's an older Ric Flair uh, two guys that are going to stay around the company for a while two guys that are going to leave the company and come back
0: yeah I agree about the finish because even when I was taking my notes, I was rewinding like I didn't see a T-bone. I, <laughs> the match ended with this clothesline that he was halfway across the ring and barely touched Flair. I was like, okay, well, I guess that's how the match ended. But, but as watching, he Benjamin Deer have a really nice rise to the top, especially feuding with Evolution, almost for the almost for the next few months. So after this, we got a Randy Orton promo, and Randy Orton he did defeat. McFoley at, at WrestleMania in a three-on-two handicap match with the Rock and when it was the Rock and sock connection versus Evolution, and he says McFoley's going to respect him and he's going to put Foley down out of his misery. That then goes to Jerry versus Coach. And do you remember anything about Hill Coach? Uh, yeah, I, I think of him more as a heel.
1: Really, the, like the only babyface stuff I can really remember him from is his recent work since coming back from ESPN okay um so so actually here let me go with another nitpick on it so yes this is like this is a comedy match and aside from it being a comedy match i'm like wait a minute we should start from this lackluster match where yeah the young guy should be going over and he should be going over this legendary world champion and the second match is a non-serious match too that was also <laughs> something I kind of was like i didn't really like the the way that settled in my stomach i'm like all right, so we could go from this to this, and at that point, it was kind of like, right, let me flip through the phone. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, how many like, like I know he would be in like joke spots, or he would be like, you know, getting beat up by Austin. But like, what like he wasn't having serious matches weekly at this point. No, he wasn't.
0: Was no, he wasn't. He was just basically, you know, like like the guy that everybody wanted to beat up. But I did yeah. appreciate, but he did play his role real well. Uh before I forget, how about the Zoom generations? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Iconic Iconic
0: <laughs> He had the, the whole the, the the first LeBrons on Yeah I thought He played his role Well I thought his like His heel turn was bizarre Which happened The year prior At SummerSlam But I thought He was a great heel I thought he flourished Real well Because everybody Already picked on him anyway For the most part And even like The match I was actually shot He actually threw like Submissions in on Tajiri Like he had Tajiri, t- Tajiri In a leg in a leg look and a leg hook And I was like Really he actually Put effort into actually r- trying to wrestle this match, and the spot there's a spot in this match where he, to Jerry's locking in tarantula, and Coach just look, look faces look like no my God no more no more no more no more. So I thought he played his role perfect in this match, and Coach does get a victory with a roll up after interference from Garrison Cade here, who you may know as Lance Cade. Who you yes. know as Lance well- Cade. I,
1: honestly, I know I've heard that. Oh, so that's the same guy. Did he tag with Trevor Murdoch?
0: Yes, they were tag team okay. champions twice. Is he still in the Independence? No, he's passed away. He passed away a while ago. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he passed away. There goes maybe, my manners. Uh, uh, twelve years ago, because they paired him with Jericho when Jericho first turned. How did he pass? I'm not. I don't remember. But he. Pa- but they paired him with Jericho when Jericho first turned heel in 2008. And he okay. passed in 2008 or 2009, Jeez. but he's been he's passed for a while. Well, it's not like a Bam Bam story, but uh, <laughs> not as bad as that story. So we then go to Chris Jericho versus Chris Jericho versus Christian, yeah, Chris Jericho versus Christian and Trish in a two on one handicap match. And but I'm sure you you need context on this, but I gotta say they got a lot of legs out of this because this story actually started in November, and we're in April at this point.
1: And it goes on basically a full year when you add in this ladder match you mentioned earlier in the show. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. so... But the Christian and Trish angle doesn't last that long. Per Bruce Prichard, Christian didn't really feel comfortable because Christian was married. Yeah, so he, I, I
1: recall hearing that episode.
0: Yeah, so... Basically, this started the night after Survivor Series when Lita was fired and Christian used his Survivor Series favor to get her rehired. And then at the time, Jericho and Christian were tag team partners. And this part... It's kind of it's kind of right up your alley so christian and jericho they
1: make a bet on who yeah, can hook up with her yes
0: they, they make a bet to see who can hook up with who first and they get a canadian the winner gets a canadian dollar so this leads shout to shout out to trav <laughs> so this leads to armageddon in december with eric bischoff's battle of the sexes when jericho and christian would defeat leader and trish Lita moves up the picture jericho still pursuing trish and christian turns on jericho in the process and Jericho and Christian have a match at WrestleMania Twin, which a match I highly recommend, by the way. And Trish would And that's
1: when Trish turns yes, on Jericho. Yeah, that's
0: when Trish turns on Jericho and joins Christian. And one thing I gotta say Chris Jericho trying to like pursue a woman with his so like the soft voice and oh my god, it was so bad. Like I love Chris Jericho, but it's like oh I couldn't take him seriously.
1: I remember being a fan of that because that was like his a short run of him I, I I mean I don't know necessarily how it was short, but that was like him turning baby face, you know, for the first time since the Alliance. Mm-hmm. And I remember like he did such a good job at being a heel and I was so happy like and again as a kid, me and you were the same age at the time, like I was just so happy to like that he's a good guy at the time. And any of our long-time listeners know I love Trish Stratus. So, you know, Jericho, who I'm a fan of, having a moment where I can rightfully cheer him on and he's chasing down my dream girl, I, I mean, I was, I was all for it, whether it was cringeworthy or not.
0: <laughs> so I thought this was a lot of fun. Like, like you said, said Jer- well, Jericho does his face when he's pursuing Trish. But also, after WrestleMania, you get back the, the vicious Chris Jericho and Trish is the, the brand-new filthy uh bottom feeding trash bag Oh, So we, we in a way we got we get our Jericho back, which I could appreciate. And you talked about in the first match, this match ends randomly. Jericho gets to win here with an insiguri after throwing Christian to Trish. And that's how this match actually ends.
1: Classic. It bothered me last <laughs> year. Um so weird that you get two of those random finishes on one show when the p- current product doesn't give it to us once a year. Uh, but I digress. One last little Jericho tangent that I love, since you mentioned that um, Jericho, you know, um, trying, to, trying to woo down a woman. Um, I know I briefly mentioned to you recently, I don't know how it happened, but one day I went on like a YouTube black hole and somehow I stumbled upon that But I'm Chris Jericho series. And for brief context, it is Chris Jericho. He's outside of wrestling, and he's trying to make it big in Hollywood. And there are these 15-minute skits. Anyone that's listening, if you're a Jericho fan, watch them. You will be amused. You will laugh loud and hard. But there is an episode where he is um, about to audition for a show, and he's trying to hit on this girl while they're waiting in the, the waiting room. And like I'm like, all right, well, you really are Chris Jericho, but like, I guess he's not really married. So he's like a bachelor ex-wrestler who's trying to break out in Hollywood. And there's this one episode where he pulls the girl, has her commit to a date, and then he finally notices a flaw. I just I don't want to spoil it, but he notices a flaw on her, and it, it's hilarious.
0: <laughs> and how, how old are those? Are those like five or six years old now, or um,
1: older? Yeah, I would say those are those are probably four to five years old. Um, they're around that "no" is a four letter word book era.
0: Okay, so that's about maybe six, five, six years. ago. I remember him talking about that on his podcast a while back.
1: I think season one maybe that old. Season two, I think is probably. I think I think there is a little time gap between the two. Because if I'm correct, season two. I think he already is like in that growing his hair out process. Okay. So I think like one is like pre list and then season two, which is a little shorter, is like post list era. Okay. All right.
0: Then we get a backstage shot of Eugene walking with some excellent reading material. Uh, the 2004, he's reading the 2004 Divas magazine. Uh, I when love did they Eugene. stop that? You said when?
1: When did they stop the Divas back? I don't know.
0: i would have to guess when it went PG in 2008, 2009. Okay. So, he, excellent reading material. Eugene, one of my guilty pleasures. He walks right into the Divas locker room and finds Gail Kim, another one of my favorites personally. And for obvious reasons, he's looking. And then William Regal comes in trying to catch Eugene. And Regal's face, when he find when he sees Gail Kim, I don't blame him, but it's priceless.
1: That, that part was really good. Now, again, for um, you know, explaining my whole like not watching at the time, it was one of those segments where it's like, oh, okay. Like I remember like the era of like Molly losing her hair, and then it's like Gail Kim was in WWE then, and then I'm like quickly pairing up. Like when I started watching the product again, Gail Kim was doing her thing with Daniel Bryan, and, and then out of the company. And I think I know she I think left and came back in between them. But I'm like, wow, she really. Was there when I left when I was getting done watching, and I guess she was there when I started watching again, which was surprising. I didn't think she had that much time in, in old New York.
0: Well, the year prior, on her first night, she would win the women's title. And after oh, that, she's
1: already a former champion.
0: Yes, yeah, so. uh, her first on the roster, she wins the women's title. But after that, from who? Ah, uh, who did she beat? It wasn't Trish. Two thousand three. It might have been Victoria. She beat. Okay. It might have been... is either Victoria or Jazz because she came in as a face. So at this point, she is a former women's champion, but she wouldn't be with the company that much longer. And then she did come back in 2008 or 9, And speak, that leads to the women's championship match because of the women's title. So Victoria versus Lita. Victoria's going to defeat Lita here to retain the women's championship. Anytime Lita had a match for the women's title, I was already invested because I wanted her to win the title all the damn time. It's, it's, it's also face versus face here. And... You didn't get that a lot. Both of them
1: got some pretty good, strong reactions. Yeah, it's funny with how like knock like they do like how often WWE tries like knock the, what they did with the women's division in the past. Like, here's two girls coming out and they are over. Maybe some of the better reactions of the night.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's face versus face. You didn't get a lot of that in this era, but I thought they pulled it off really well here. Like, no, nope, there wasn't a bunch of much of a, like, anybody taking control for an extended period of time. I thought it was a lot of roll-ups and false finishes. I thought it was really good. Uh, Victoria kicks out of the twist of fate, then counters Lita's DDT into an inside clear, and that's how she retains the championship. Victoria doesn't come up a lot on this show, so you had any thoughts on Victoria?
1: Uh, I love her. I'm a fan. I I don't want to say it's in that guilty pleasure category. There was something about her that um, I think I always liked um both her in-ring work was good i think she played every character she was ever dealt well um not bad to look at and she <laughs> she could go in the ring uh was always a fan uh, um a weird weird small detail i thought lita looked like gassed like in her entrance right when she got into her ring i don't know why that kind of like sticks out to me uh but yeah she's so over and um it's funny you know anytime you talk about like um The attitude era and how over everyone was. I don't, I mean, Trish for obvious sex appeal reasons, but Lita, I I just remember from all those um, hurricanahs and those, you know, high spots, but not much more of an over woman in the company at that point than her.
0: Oh, definitely not. not. And for me, I guess as a kid, I always wanted Lita to win the title, but as you get older and you learn, when you're that over, you don't really need the belt. You know, Lita was only a one-time women's champion at this time, and J.R. point, that she hasn't held the title in four years. She hasn't held the title since 2000, but she had numerous okay. opportunities. And uh, post-match, we get Gail Kim and Molly Holly. I, I got to appreciate Molly Molly Holly's chin strap the whole week. I had I, to I appreciate that. I definitely, I definitely did. So that leads next up to the match that sold me on this show, and that's Randy Orton versus Mick Foley as Cactus Jack for the IC title. And I talked about this, about the whole Jericho and Christian and Trish. This had a nice build, too, because this started back in December. Foley was the ref in the match where Orton would win the IC title at Armageddon against RVD. And in the package, you also saw Orton spitting Foley's face. He punted him down the steps. And if there's anything that anybody watches this week or today, if you're listening to this, stop right now. Watch it by any means necessary. Nefarious means create a fake email account for WWE Network. You get the first month for free. After that's nine ninety nine plus tax. Watch this because I thought this was an excellent match. And before I before I go in depth, I'll let you go first. And I gotta ask you this question first: Is Randy Orton hardcore?
1: No, because I don't associate him with being hardcore. Anytime past <laughs> this match. <laughs> I almost feel like this match scared him of it. Like, he may have had a last man standing or some like gimmick matches here and there with seeing it. But, like, yeah, I don't associate him with hardcore matches. I don't associate him with extreme rule matches. I don't associate him with a pinfall anywhere match. Randy Orton's not hardcore. Am I? Does this help evolve him and his character? Yes. Um, but no, he's not hardcore.
0: <laughs> Thoughts on the match?
1: Can I be a mark?
0: Go ahead. Personally,
1: uh, my, my inner kid comes out. I, I hate this match. There's a sick you hate this I hate match? It, but I, I, let me go. I hate this match because, like I said, the only thing I remember from this era is this, this match. I, at 29 years old, have a hard time watching the product, finding one thing I want to watch, and not like watching the whole thing rather than like, okay, here, I'm looking for this segment and just watch this segment. Like I, I kind of need to know what's going on everywhere. Somehow, at 13 years old, the only thing I knew about going on in WWE was Mick Foley was getting beat up by the new kid, and he's going <laughs> to challenge for kid. the Intercontinental Championship. Oh my gosh. 13-year-old Eric was just realizing, Mick Foley has never won the Intercontinental uh, Championship. So, so at 13 he, 13-year-old... He may, he may have retired four times already, but he's going to win the Intercontinental Championship. So at 13 years old the, you're I still, I still accolade at... I didn't watch the pay per view, but I watched Raw the next day just to find out is Mick Foley the Intercontinental Champion, and he wasn't, and it just pissed me off. And I'm like, all right, that's why I'm not watching this crap. <laughs> and another thing, another thing, you know, you say so. You know, Mick Foley comes out and Cactus Jack here, and you know, me being a Mark, and hopefully we don't go down this WrestleMania Chainsaw Charlie tag team act thing. But damn it, if that man's wearing a wanted dead Cactus Jack shirt. And it's for a championship, you know he ain't winning. <laughs> Such a mark. <laughs> and it breaks my, my damn heart.
0: Oh, my God. So your bias aside, what do you think?
1: Bias aside, it's a, it's a solid match. It's a, it's, a, it's a good, fun, hardcore match. I, 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 I do love, you know, stipulation matches like this. If it wasn't for hardcore matches, who knows if I'd be a wrestling fan. Um, but I just, you know, whether it's 16 years ago or not – I still just wish there was a different end result.
0: <laughs> so like we also been on this Foley kick this entire year, with going back to the him winning the title on Raw in January of ninety nine. So this match is perfect. Like or like Foley threw everything at Randy here and Randy threw it right back at him. So Randy was the one who introduced the thumbtacks in this match, brought his own th- weapons and things down to the ring. So we saw uh, thumbtacks, Barbie, we saw a barbed wire bed, we saw tables, we saw everything, and Randy Orton held his own a lot in this match, along with Mick Foley, and we also reviewed Royal Rumble 2000, and when Cactus fought Triple H, and then we referred back to 1997 when Cactus would debut on Raw against Triple H. So I think this storyline kind of goes hand in hand with what he did for Hunter in 1997. Randy Orton actually... Became a star in this this night, and a lot of it's thanks to McFoley because Ori would win the world title at SummerSlam. And this match is actually one of the big selling points that sold me on around Randy Orton as a kid.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see all those points. And I, I feel like I recall somewhere uh, I don't know if it was a podcast or an interview or maybe a stand up, but I remember somewhere recently Foley mentioned. That, you know, I just mentioned at this time, he was probably four retirements in, and he's going to have another three comebacks, if not more, after this. I believe he has said, like, his last best match was this one with Oren. Oh, yeah. That if, there was ever, if there was ever a perfect story to retire after. It would oh, yeah. De-
0: oh, oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I, I, I can't agree anymore, but Foley, he did his job and more. And another takeaway, I need that Evolution shirt that Randy had on. Next, we go to Triple H backstage with Todd Grisham. He said he's going to beat Ben Juan in his hometown. And that leads to... Is, a, go ahead. Is
1: Todd Grisham the worst uh, interviewer, backstage guy of all time?
0: Uh, I wouldn't give him all time, but he's definitely up there. Man. <laughs> I think he's working UFC now. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure. I'm almost positive, though. Preps guy. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a cool-down match. We got the Hurricane and Rosie against La Resistance. Always fun to see the Hurricane, especially with Rosie, who I was a big fan of when he was in 3-Minute Warning, and the superhero in training. But not much of a match here. Eugene interferes and runs all over the place, and Hurricane gets the one with the eye of the Hurricane.
1: No choke slam needed.
0: <laughs> we didn't get highlights from Edge's return. Edge was also drafted to Raw at the draft early in the month. And not a lot of much. Edge is going to defeat Kane here, and also not much here as well, because I thought this match was a real pretty sloppy here and Edge gets the win off a low blow, a shot with his cast and a spear. He'll defeat Kane. And also a note that I forgot in the Lita match. And I'll just throw it in here with Kane because it goes hand in hand. So this, after this Kane, Lita and Matt Hardy will get their award, their worst feud of the year award winning performance in their storyline with the whole impregnation thing.
1: So, uh, pre this match, another thing um, I forgot about, like you know, twenty twenty, John John Morrison is just making his return to WWE roughly five six yes, months I- ago, and he's in this uh, this segment with uh, his arm in a sling, and he is Eric Bischoff's lackey, which I know that was a storyline at some point, but remembering that that was happening as I was stopped watching the product. I do not recall at all.
0: Yeah, I forgot all about that. And I for, and I was shocked that they called him Johnny Nitro at this part, point because he had just won Tough Enough recently. And I wasn't sure if he was going by Johnny Nitro yet. And we wouldn't really see him a lot until next year when he would debut on SmackDown with Mercury and So I was actually shocked to see Johnny Nitro as Johnny Nitro here because I know he had appeared as, as John Hennigan for a while.
1: Yeah, I think right when he first started kissing Bischoff's rear end, he immediately went with the Nitro gimmick.
0: <laughs> All right. So that's that's going to lead us to the main event, and it was so good they had to do it twice. And in this video package, something really caught my attention. So Bischoff in this video package, he calls it, he says we're going to have a rematch of the greatest WrestleMania main event ever. And it got me thinking. The key word here is main event. We we understand that this match doesn't get any praise because of Benoit and WWE trying to distance themselves from the from his name and don't want anything to do with the name at all. But if you sit down and think about it, is it the best WrestleMania main May- event ever, or definitely top three? Because I, I I went on my way to actually watch it again, and it's definitely up there as far as main events. You could
1: definitely argue it. You could definitely argue it. Um, you could definitely argue it. Um,
0: yeah. Because when I was going. It when could I was- definitely
1: be in a conversation. Because when I went through. I don't think it'd be definitely the one. But again, maybe the argument is it's not the one just because of later events.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because this match doesn't get shown at all. Like, did you see Triple H's 25 year celebration or any, or any clips of it or any- Or SmackDown? Yes, I believe it was SmackDown. I watched it. Okay, so they were showing Triple H's WrestleMania losses. Oh, and they yeah. and they show Sean dropping an elbow at twenty. They don't show anything else from that match, so this match Makes doesn't sense. get talked about at all. And at that after I sat down and thought about it, I, I thought to myself, I was like, hmm. I'll like people could debate HBK and Taker at twenty six, but to me twenty five was better. Rock and Austin at seventeen. And Hogan Warrior at six, as far as and Shawn at twelve. We, we, you could throw that one in there as far as the main event, but that's it. I could, that's all I can come up with as far as main events.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think honestly my gut would always go to Brett and Sean. I think that might be like where I would think it's like the number one.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely subjective, but it's actually something to think about. And I'm interested to see mm. what, what, the, what the listeners are actually... Have to say about that. If you got, a, if you got an idea, if you got, if you guys want to throw your input, please comment on Instagram. So Benoit, his family's in the crowd. You talked about the dark side of ring, and that was a tough what, spot to wife, see white
1: kids. Yeah, that,
0: that was a tough spot to see. I was like, oof. And also in his hometown, and uh, nothing like HBK in Canada at this point. And uh, I did appreciate the very similar Survivor Series '97 tights, even locks in a sharpshooter, and Canada did not forget. So Brett screwed Brett, screw Brett Chance. Well, you screwed Brett Chance. Of course not Brett screwed Brett. You screwed Brett Chance when he char- locks in the sharpshooter and constant booze the entire match. I love the match, but I, did, I do think it suffers from sequelitis. But still a, a, definitely an excellent match. I, I still think you should definitely watch it if when you get the opportunity to. Benoit gets the win given HBK comeuppance in, in Canada with a sharpshooter. And like that, Ben. I also like the fact that Benoit submitted both Helmsley and HBK in in both triple threat matches. So it gave Helmsley a way to get back into it later in the year. Because Benoit, he would Benoit from here, he would win the tag titles with Edge. Edge, him and Edge would beat Flair and Batista for the tag titles, and he would pull double duty at Bad Blood, also defend the tag titles and face Kane. And then he would meet Triple H again at Vengeance, and then he would drop the title to Randy Orton at SummerSlam and Triple H and HBK they'll keep this thing going they'll have that ba- that bad blood Hell in the Cell match as well so your thoughts on this Triple Threat match? thought the
1: match was excellent um, kind of like you agree but the, maybe it's the pageantry of Wrestlemania that leaves Mania being a little bad yeah, that, that, yeah um,
0: I, I'm not going to argue that
1: but uh, a, a solid rematch to see just a few weeks later
0: yeah, yeah definitely I, de- I definitely did enjoy the match but like you said the whole the light, the bells and whistles when it came to WrestleMania and, and with the spectacle that it is, yeah. is a big deal. But I, I did like the fact that it was in Ben Wilde's hometown, so it did have that extra oomph to it. So I did I definitely did appreciate that. I thought it was a, overall a solid show. Uh the, the key takeaway is Randy Orton Captain Jack for the IC title, definitely. The world title matches is, is a is a good second. And I really did have a lot of fun in the show. A lot of things that I actually forgot for the most part for the most part. But also a lot of these guys are still around today, so you kind of kind of forget about their upbringing, especially guys like Sheldon Benjamin, who I thought was great at this time and one of my favorites to watch. So that's it for Backlash 2004. Anything else you want to talk about, buddy?
1: Uh, something you just mentioned there, and again, me not watching the product uh, and you know being an accolade mark, there, there's a little uh, tidbit you just mentioned at the end. You said Benoit does double duty in the next coming months and yeah. he faces is he's facing Kane defending the world title?
0: Yeah, so Benoit and Edge will beat Batista and uh Rook Flair. For okay, the tag so titles. Ben, Benoit had double strap. Yeah, so at Bad Blood, Benoit pulled double duty. He defended the tag titles. I think I'm what, not I don't Did
1: I, they win the titles or in a Raw?
0: Yes, they won the titles on a Raw because the pay per views here, they were bi monthly. So Raw would have one pay per view, SmackDown would have the next month. And then they'll come together for the big four. Oh, that, nice. that that's how they worked. So so they would win a tag house or so at Bad Blood, which was a raw pay per view, he pulled double duty, he I believe he opened the show and then defended the world title against Kane in the middle of the night. Huh.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny, just like a, a weird detail, you know, obviously, um, you know, getting into the product at the end of the new generation and being a fan through the whole attitude era. Um there's a lot, like, and again, you know, being a mark for the championships, I can always remember certain people as a kid who and when held two titles. And you can remember, even if it's for a night or two, who's done it in the past 10 years. But one detail I always, and again, not being a fan, I always think of when they had the Undisputed or Spinner title and um, the big gold. And I always try to think of, like, who held another belt simultaneously. So if you would have asked me – the only time I knew that was done was Batista holding the big gold with Ray as also uh, tag champions. I didn't know anyone did it with the um, Raw World tag belts. So I, actually, that uh, Bad Blood might be a show for me to catch.
0: Yeah, that uh, the Hell in a Cell I recommend. Um, Triple well. The rest of it, not really. Who did Orton face? I think Orton faces Benjamin. I think that I think I think that's the IC title match. I'm almost yeah. positive.
1: Randy Orton defends against uh, Sean Benjamin. Uh, so it's funny. It, Orton the uh, Orton WWE um, or in the network. It says Triple H and Shawn Michaels square off inside Hell in a Cell. Kane looks to capture the World Heavyweight Championship. Oh yeah, it, it's, it's no. always like that. <laughs>
0: yeah. They always they always throw things. And, and actually, for example, Benoit was the poster for this event. And then they edit it. They made then they use like, like a secondary poster for Orton and Cactus, and that's the thumbnail for back for the pay per view. It's actually Edge. Oh, 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 ba- oh, for oh, Backlash.
1: Back, okay, all right, that makes sense. Makes plenty of sense.
0: Yeah, so so I I do think you should check out that Hell in a Cell match. I think that was a really good match between Triple H and Shawn Michaels inside Hell in a Cell. The rest of the card is whatever, but. That's it for Backlash 2004. Uh, I'll actually get anything else that you need to, that you want to talk about, buddy. That's about it. All right, cool. So uh, next week is all about preview and money in the bank and the review and whatever AEW is doing. I'm not sure is wl Nothing still going to be on pay per view or are they just going to bypass that? We don't know yet.
1: Um, they, they've kind of been dancing around it as of late. There's not necessarily something set in stone on it.
0: Yeah, because honestly, I know the TNT title match that's set with Cody and Archer. That's set, but due to the due to the situation, the circumstances, I know a lot of people don't really want to work, and I don't blame I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all, and it's it is affecting the pay per view. For example, uh, Hangman hasn't even been on AEW TV unless I missed him. In next yeah, week, I,
1: I definitely can. I definitely miss him as well.
0: Yeah, and, and next week, Matt Hardy's teaming up with Kenny. Kenny's still half of the tag champions, so in, in, interesting in ring
1: debut for Matt.
0: Yeah, and, 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 interesting to see. Yeah, interesting to see what they're going to do, but that's that. That's also on the docket. So after the Money Bank preview and review, it's AEW's Double Nothing preview and reviewing. And if we're still in the quarantine, we might get one or two quarantine bonus episodes, and hopefully, well, n- n- nothing will be in, so there won't be a figure review yet. Nothing, nothing, nothing will come in yet. But definitely go over to our YouTube page and so also subscribe as well for more content on that as well so that's the show for tonight well before you go uh go to what for your Matt madness gear for your favorite mma podcast your boy elroy go to his t spring page to get hit your mma gear and ringside collectibles promo code m madness for 10% off your order we just use that promo code to get our aw figures that will should be in time in august probably and that's it for tonight once again for Act 2 Fly, Eric Trambickey, I am A.L.R. Lloyd, and we'll see you next week.
1: Talking all day, Hop on the top rope by the land elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist a Superman, it's a summer slam, here we go again. Fans, market man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mission, man, and they shake the land off the cell, Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome, well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.